Live from the fish tank, it's your host Ronnie with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. And we have some kind of baseball stuff to talk about today. I'm excited about it. I hope you guys are too. So let's uh, get into that here. We can talk some of these trades. All right, here, let's start off with trades. We had a bit of a flurry here uh, involving hockey. Kevin had advertised his willingness to sell, so Spencer and myself keyed in on that. Meanwhile, Josh was in the market for a goalie, and Mike keyed in on that. Uh, We'll start with my trade and Kevin's, not because it's more important. It just comes first chronologically. Um, I sent Gabe Perot a second and a fourth to Kevin in exchange for Sean Couturier and a little bit of money this year and next year. Um, Just seeing where I'm at right now with my team and the fact that I've you know, falling behind, I guess, a little bit in face-off wins, at least more than I uh, anticipated compared to some of my competition in that category. I felt I kind of needed to add uh, face-offs here where I could, and I get Tron Couturier on a, an affordable contract for this year and next. Give up a little bit of draft capital, not terribly worried about that, but I did have to give up on Gabe Perot, who fall for the purpose I needed from him to have a good season and make his trade stock higher than it probably would have been when I drafted him, and he's done that. Um, He is a winger, only a winger, not a center, Uh, so I don't mind trading him, but I do feel like he's, you know, going to be a productive NHLer, so I, I can see why Kevin was interested. I can see why Kevin would, you know, value that, so... I think it works out well for both sides. Kevin gets younger. He gets a couple draft picks. And I get a win-now player who realistically probably not going to extend. But at least for the next two years, I got a decent player. And uh, you have to assume that Kevin gets more than two years out of Perot, plus whatever he does with those draft picks. So I like that for both sides. The next one up was Kevin trading away two-star defenseman, Noah Dobson, who was on a ridiculously cheap contract. You know, kind of quietly, maybe the most valuable player in DSAC on a, a contract basis, on a production-per-dollar basis. I'm not sure if anyone tops Noah Dobson. So that's it's a really strong addition by Spencer. Oh, and Morgan Riley's also a top 10 defenseman by the player Raider. Boyer's Dobson, I think, was D2 or at least top three. So Spencer gets two huge additions on his blue line. Can I really pad his <clears throat> defensive stops category? Uh, and he paid handsomely. Um, the first part I'm going to talk about here is three first-rounders, uh, two of his own and one of mine and a second rounder of his own. All four of those picks project to be near the very end of that round, so you would have to assume they will be no worse, or no better, rather, than the eighth pick in each round. Um, I guess we'll see, because my first rounder is for the draft after this upcoming one, so I guess, you know, maybe there's a chance my team falls off a little bit, maybe ends up higher. I would hope that doesn't happen, but not going to count that out. The... Uh, the real prize here is Matthew Coronado. I'm kidding. It's Matthew Mitchkov. Uh, Mitchkov might be the best prospect not in the NHL right now. Um, yeah, because Bedard's already in there, and pretty much everyone drafted highly the last two years are 
there as well. And quite frankly, outside of Bedard, I don't know if any of those are even as good as Mitchkov anyway. So Mitchkov is a prospect who is only a winger, and he's mostly an offense-first guy, so I don't think you're going to see many hits or blocks from him. But he is a legitimate goal scorer, got some playmaking ability. He is the most impactful player that you would be considered a prospect outside of the NHL right now. Um, he would go first overall in most drafts in recent memory. He just kind of happened to be up with, uh, you know, the the best prospects since McDavid. <laughs> so it's kind of unfortunate for him in that regard. But the, the main issue here is that he is Russian and with geopolitics as they are, and the fact that the, the Russian teams are inherently reluctant to um, let their players go over to the U.S. and to Canada, you won't see him for, I don't know what the exact timeline is, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a few years. Like, it's going to be you know, probably probably at least three years before you see Mitchkov over in Philadelphia. So... It's the winning game there for Spencer. He gets two players who help him win now. He doesn't give up. The draft compensation looks like a lot, but I don't think they're going to be used on superstars unless, you know, some players kind of exceed expectations from their draft day at those picks. And in return, Kevin gets, like I said, a, 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 an incredible prospect who can be an absolute game-breaker when he's at his peak, I could see him being an even better version of Kirill Kaprizov uh, for context in terms of, you know, Russian wingers who put up gaudy offensive point totals and came over um, kind of in their prime. So, yeah, I, I think that's a, a decent comparison for, for Mitch Cobb there. Uh, the next trade-up was Mike trading away Jacob Markstrom to Josh. Uh, Mike also sent some cash in this deal, and Josh sends back Fedor Svechkov a second and a third. I I think this was a light return for Mike. I don't think it's awful, but I feel like for a starting goalie, even if the contract is only uh, not terribly long, but it's not super expensive, and I think Markstrom's like a top 10 goalie by the player rater. Goalies are inherently the most valuable position in this league. I think if you have a quality starting goalie, you should probably get a little more than this. I like Fedor Svechkov as a prospect. I think he could be a, a halfway decent player, but I don't think he's going to be you know, a real needle mover for DSAC. I think his kind of most likely outcome is a, a decent guy you want on your team. But like I said, not someone who's going to really have a, a, a huge impact on the game. And with the way Josh's team is trending, those 2025 draft picks probably going to be playoffs uh, for Josh, which would mean those picks are out of the lottery. So I would have preferred here either Svechkov in like a first or maybe the second and a third plus a better prospect than Svechkov. But I don't think it's awful because Markstrom is a little bit older now. And like I said, the contract being what it is, Josh probably isn't going to extend him after this, so... It's it's not terrible. I just think Mike maybe could have got a little more. But it's just minor quibbles at this point. Switching tracks here to baseball, because this is fun. First of all, the uh, the DSAC League is reactivated. Uh, ESPN finished your baseball maintenance, and you can go to your team, and you can just kind of look at your guys and, you know, let your eyes glaze over and just revel in seeing your rosters again. Or maybe that's just me. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of fun things there, uh, for sure. Really excited to have uh, that back in front of me, be able to look at the projections all day and just smile and wait patiently for opening day. But we did have some trades in uh, baseball. Uh, Alex and Mike made a an interesting swap, but not a super impactful one, um, at least for right now. Um, Alex sent Brandon Marsh, the most traded player in DZAC history, to Mike in exchange for Logan T. Allen. Um, Alex gets a a young arm with pretty good potential. I believe Allen was a waiver claim because this is extension rights. So he'll get him on a pretty good contract, too. He's not subject to the uh, the rookie increases, which will be a, a nice benefit for Alex as he tries to rebuild. I Tries. Uh, with the hauls he got for all the stars he gave away that realistically he probably could have made a championship run with had he kept them, um, I think his time at the bottom will be very minimal. I'd, in fact, I think even this year he may be able to make a, a playoff push depending on how soon he wants to kind of put his foot on the pedal, but at least 2025 at the latest. But never count Alex out. He's the best in this league at what he does for a reason. Um, but Mike gets a Philly. He gets a talented outfielder. Not a ton of the average, but Marsh kind of does a little bit of everything. He's going to run a little bit. He's going to hit for a little bit of power in, in that Phillies lineup. He's going to find some decent opportunities for runs and RBIs, so... I like this for both sides, actually. This feels like a pretty fair trade to me. Uh, and lastly, we had Spencer trade Nick Lodolo to keep for Alexis Diaz and a little bit of cash. Um, Lodolo did not have a good 2023, and he got hurt for a decent chunk of that. Um, I am still kind of optimistic on Lodolo, and I'm not sure that I would have sought out a reliever. Um, for him, I would have kind of hoped for a little bit more, I think, if I were Spencer. But, you know, Spencer is incredibly <laughs> invested in this, as you kind of could see from what he said about building his, you know, little interactive sheet with all the information and stuff on it. So he's done his homework. He knows what he wants, and he got what he wants. So I'm not going to sit here and knock him in the slightest. Um, because, after all, uh, Alexis Diaz is uh, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good reliever. He's pretty young. His contract is pretty solid. And the way that Chris left his team as Spencer inherited it, um, yeah, it kind of makes sense to go for, for Diaz and kind of bolster that bullpen that was already pretty decent. So those are trades. Uh, while we are here on baseball, take a second to remind yourself that the extension deadline is the end of this month, the 31st of January. When I wake up on February 1st, if I do not have your extensions in my DMs, you can always just message Alex to whichever commissioner you like better, um, and he can process them too. But if I don't wake up to it on February 1st, uh, it's too late, and that player is now officially a free agent. Um, Alex and I will try to get free agency up here in the middle to, or, sorry, the early to middle parts of February. Uh, I'm not going to set a, a concrete date because I don't want to put us on a timeline, but we'll make sure to have it up by, you know, middle of February at the very latest. So looking forward to that, it's just fantasy baseball is the best sport. I don't care what Ryan says. Fantasy baseball is the best sport for fantasy. Can't wait. Looking forward to it entirely. Um, and I guess another uh, administrative thing off the top here. Um, obviously, you listen to this for some reason. 
Um, you probably also listen to Barry's podcast and Dispenser's podcast. So Barry released his newest episode here um, on Tuesday, I believe. And then Mike is now switching from podcast form, which is bad news. I, I, I really liked Mike's podcast. He was really good at it. His, his talking is um, incredibly good. But in favor of the podcasting format, he's going to move to a more frequent written format. So he posted it in the chat here on Tuesday night. If you have not read it, go back and read it. I thought it was very entertaining, um, very funny, a lot of puns, which I appreciate. Um, if you have read it, uh, go back and reread it because it deserves to be read multiple times, even though there's no real view counts on Google Docs. So I don't think that can really help Mike at all, but just appreciate it. That's all. Love seeing people come out here and have all these new uh, new forms of content. It's what makes this league the greatest. You have a bunch of people here in a free league with the only prizes being for like the all sport, and that's not even really like like a huge prize and it's like you know free entry there's no real forced commitments to stuff and no money on the table and yet we all come together we're in the group chat 24 7 um we're degenerates when it comes to trades and waiver claims and drafts we have podcasts we have websites we have free agency matrix matrices uh we have written form <laughs> league content like this is just the greatest we have alex's sheets and his apps and stuff like i couldn't ask for a better group of people to you know have this demented obsession with all right hockey recap no new records this week as always you know because i said all the time there's a ton of parity in these leagues, and this is great for the future of this league, I think. First matchup, Mike beating Barry 8-4, to four, three wins, 97 saves, a 1.97 goals against, and a 942 save percentage from Demko, 11 hits, and 4 defense points from McCabe, 4 defense points from Hennepin. On Barry's end, 4 goals, 2 assists from Clayton Keller. Josh and Kevin tie 6-6, six to six, but Josh retains the belt on home ice advantage rules. He gets a win, 35 saves, a 137 goals against, and a 946 save percentage from Wedgwood. Three wins, 91 saves, 234 goals against, and a 929 save percentage from Joey Decord. Three goals and an assist, 51 faceoffs, 15 shots from Vinny Trochuk. Four goals, two assists, 20 shots from Kachuk. Three goals and defense points from Fox. Five assists and three STPs from Kucherov. Two goals, two assists, and 18 shots from Panarin. On Kevin's end, two wins, 48 saves, a 144 goals against, and a 941 save percentage from Georgiev. Two wins, 52 saves, 0.96 goals against, and a 963 save percentage from Erson. Maybe Barry was just a year too early on Sam Erson. Who knows? Three goals, two assists from Brock Besser. Four assists from Tim Stutzla. Four assists and defense points from the now departed Noah Dobson. Um, departed is in traded, not, not dead. And then three goals, two assists with 17 shots from Nick Bukestad, of all people. Spencer Perfect Tommed, well, Tom, 12-0, finally got the 12-0 he wanted. Shame he couldn't be the first to do it this year because I beat him to it. Anyways, three goals from Frank Vitrano, one goal, three assists, 23 shots, three STPs from Pasternak, five goals, four assists, 14 shots from Elias Patterson, one goal, four assists, 16 shots, three STPs from Matt Barzell, three goals and an assist with three STPs from Reinhardt. On Thompson, four assists from Kevin Fiala. 
We have Alex beating Ping 8-4, to four, 2 wins, 48 saves, 0.99 goals against, 0.96 save percentage from Stuart Skinner. 5 assists and defense points from Roman Yossi. 3 goals, 3 assists from Mitch Marner. 2 goals, 3 assists, 3 STPs from Miko Rantanen. And 5 goals from Yegor Sharangovich. On Ping's end, his goalies as a whole. 5 wins, 150 saves, and 1.87 goals against, and a 932 save percentage. Tremendous. 3 assists and defense points along with 10 blocks from Michael Matheson. 4 goals, 3 assists from Blake Coleman. 1 goal, 4 assists, 46 faceoffs from JT Miller. And 1 goal, 5 assists with 6 defense points from Philip Peronik. Myself and Ahmed tied 6-6. Six six. I got a goal, 60, or a goal, a win, 63 saves, a 102 goals against, and a 969 save percentage from Connor Hellebuck. Three goals, two assists, 43 faceoffs from Dylan Larkin, four assists and 31 faceoffs from Adam Lowry, three assists and defense points, along with 12 hits and 13 blocks from Mario Favaro. A tremendous week from him. Love him. Uh, and then four goals from Brad Marchand. On Ahmed's end, one win, 55 saves, a 202 goals against, and a 932 save percentage from Logan Thompson. Two goals, three assists with three STPs from Rupe Hints. Two goals, two assists with three STPs from J Rob. And three goals, 42 faceoffs from Austin Matthews. Your category leaders, Josh, are 27 goals. Spencer, 38 assists. Ronnie, 283 faceoffs. Josh, 213 shots. Ronnie with 111 hits and 108 blocks. Alex with 16 defense points and 20 special teams points. Mike with 6 wins and 212 saves. And then Ping with the goalie ratios of 1868 goals against and a 9317 save percentage. Your players of the week Trocheck for Josh, Riley for Spencer and Ahmed, and Demko for Mike. Barry's top five skaters Trocheck for Josh, Pedersen and Dobson for Spencer. Dobson obviously splitting time between Spencer and Ahmed. McKinnon for Ahmed and Heronic for Ping. Barry's top three goalies Demko and Markstrom both for Mike and Joy Decord. For Josh, uh, take a look here at the old standings. Let's pull it up. At the tip top of the league now, after last week, is Spencer again. He gains a game. Here he goes up a game and a half over myself. Alex is two games back. Ahmed is eighteen games back. Josh is a half game out of the playoffs. Barry is three and a half out. Ping is six and a half out. Mike is 12 out. Kevin is 13 and a half out. And then I'm not going to do the math on Tom because Tom is just, he has fewer than half as many wins as the ninth place team. So scoreboard for this week. Let's see who is playing who this week, huh? You got the second place Walleye in the ninth place Objection Protection, the third place Frostbite in the sixth place Skaters, the fifth place Whale versus the tenth place Flamingo, the fourth place Ratata Warriors, and seventh place Mudskates, the eighth place Valley Jobin, and the first place Hillsboro Hops. So this could be a fun week, but I do think there's a few matchups here I see that probably end up kind of one sided. So. We'll see how that affects the standings and how that affects the playoff picture because that four seed seems to be wide open at the moment, even though the top is a three-horse race. So can't wait to talk to you guys next week with how all of that went. All right, here we can finish up with some, well, at least for the recaps, um, with basketball. So no records, again, in basketball. Good parody. And all that. 
Uh, the first matchup is Barry beating Kevin 8-1. He gets a 77, 16, and 36 with 11 stocks, 14 threes, and 9, 17 from the line from FVV. 89 points with 9 threes, 580 from the field, 955 from the line from Colin Sexton. 110, 17, and 20 with 13 three-pointers, and 913 from the line Kyrie Irving. And then 97 points, 16 boards, 24 dimes, and 14 trays for Kobe White. Kevin gets 77, 29, and 28 with 611 from the field from Jalen Williams. And then 88 points with 25 boards and 661 from the field from Chet Holmgren. Josh beats Paolo to retain the belt. He wins that one 6-2-1. Josh has been double belting for the last few weeks. He has two belts. Tom has two belts. Kind of fitting. Anyways, Josh gets 109, 41, and 32 with 592 from the field from Giannis. 69, 31, and 18 dimes with 905 from the free throw line from AD. And then 90 points, 11 boards, 24 assists, 11 three-pointers, and 929 from the line for Jordan Clarkson. On Paolo's end, Carl Anthony Towns goes for 93, 33, and 17, 589 from the field, and 12 three-pointers. Alex beats Ahmed 6-3 behind 77, 48, and 14 from Vooch. 85 points, 17 assists, 569 from the field, and perfect from the free throw line, Devin Booker. 58 points, 38 assists, 929 from the field from James, or 929 from the line from James Harden. And then 107, 21 with 23s, 900 from the line from Paul George. Ahmed gets 96, 22, and 20, 900 from the free throw line from DeMar. 98 points, 16 assists, 11 threes from De'Aaron Fox. 96 points, 45 boards, 40 assists, 741 from the field, and 929 from the free throw line from DeMontis Sabonis, an absolute fantasy stud. He apparently is. We got Nathan beating Spencer, 7-1-1. Who saw that one coming? Um, uh, Nathan gets 79-33-29 and 29 with 795 from the field from Nikola Jokic. 103-14-19 with 17 threes and 929 from the free throw line from Terry Rozier. 98 points, 44 assists, 917 from the line, and 13 threes from Laurie Markkinen. Meanwhile, Spencer's standouts were nobody. And when your team has nobody as a standout, that is <clears throat> concerning. We got Mike beating Ryan 7-2. Mike gets 117, 26, and 11 three-pointers with 592 from the field from Jalen Brown. 129 points, 128 rather, uh, 19 boards, 24 assists, 11 stocks, and 667 from the field from SGA. Um, 69, 30, and 26 with 11 threes on a revenge game from Zach Levine. Meanwhile, Ryan got 67 points and 27 assists from Trey Young. We got Ping beating up on Keith 8 to 1. Uh, 67 points, 17 threes from Beasley. 94, 22, and 17 with 15 stocks. Perfect from the free throw line, Kawhi Leonard. And then Bam out of bio, 92, 44, and 23 with 565 from the field. Keith, meanwhile, got 82 points, 31 boards, 909 from the free throw line, and 10 threes from Miles Bridges. 95 points, 35 boards, 10 steals, and 571 from the field from Alperin Shangun. Myself, I beat Sean 72 because, like Mike said in his Cup of Joven, um, the 4, 5, 6, and 7 seed currently all won seven or eight categories this week. So that didn't create much separation there in that playoff run. Um, ironically enough, I did not have any standouts winning 7-2, but Sean, uh, to be polite, I guess, will give him 34 assists from T.J. McConnell. 
Um, your category leaders for the week, Ping with 5241 from the field, Alex with 8864 from the line, and 104 three pointers. Ping pulled down 277 rebounds, Alex dished out 227 assists, Mike had 54 steals, Barry had 37 blocks, and the walleye, I only had 56 turnovers. I, the worst team in the league by turnovers coming into last week, had the fewest. That was kind of fun. And then Barry scored 814 points. Player of the week was SGA for Mike. Barry's top fives, Kawhi for Ping, Kyrie for Barry, Sabonis for Ahmed, SGA for Mike, and Paul George for Alex. Take a look here now at the standings. Then we'll do the matchups. I guess actually we can after the standings we can do the roto table because it just kind of happens to be that time of the schedule. So standings, Alex is out in first place, a half game up on Josh. Ahmed has settled into third place, only six games behind them. I in 12 games back first place. Ping is 15 back. Barry is 15 and a half back. Mike is two and a half out of the playoffs. Keith is nine out of the playoffs. Nathan is 19 out of the playoffs. Paolo is 22 out, as is Ryan. And then Spencer, Kevin, and Sean are both, or all three of them are kind of, you know, in the tank, so to speak. So I'm not going to do the mental math on that. Make you guys suffer through me, the dead air, trying to do that in my head real quick. Um, the roto table now. Here we are after 12 weeks. We have got Alex out in first place with 103 points. Josh with 93. Mike with 92. Ping with 84. Ronnie with 80. And Barry with 80. Those would be your playoff teams right now as decided by the roto table. Uh, notice that Mike is absent from the real-life playoffs. Sorry, Mike. Hopefully you can uh, get in because your team deserves it with, with your roto dominance. Um, after that, we got Ahmed with 79, and there's a pretty big drop-off there. So Alex is pretty far ahead. Josh and Mike are kind of on their own, and there's Ping, myself, Barry, and Ahmed all in a group. Then after that, you have Keith at 61, Paolo at, or Ryan at 57, Paolo at 56, Kevin at 45, Spencer and Nathan at 42, and Sean at 31. Um... I guess we can do a little bit of in, uh, categories here. So Ping leads the way with a field goal percentage, a hair over 500. Good on him. Uh, the very worst is Spencer at 4556. Five, yeah, free throw percentage is the Walleye at 8345. Sean is the worst at 75%. Three pointers, Alex with 1,070. Sean with 525. Rebounds, Josh with 3,236. Sean with 1,987. Assists, Alex with 2,348. Nathan with 1,123. Steals, Alex with 541. Kevin with 372. Blocks, Josh with 456. Uh, Spencer with 248. Turnovers, Nathan with 606. Barry with 1,042. And then points, Mike with 9,654. And Sean with 5,252. So that's, uh, actually, no, we can do the scoreboard for the week. Let's see who is playing who. You have fourth place Ronnie and eighth place Keith, ninth place Nathan and first place Alex, 11th place Ryan and 14th place Sean, third place 
Ahmed in 7th place, Mike, 13th place, Kevin in 10th place, Paolo, 2nd place, Josh in 12th place, Spencer, 6th place, Barry in 5th place, Ping. All right, and in a way to, you know, add a little bit of flavor to this episode, um, we can talk about a movie review. As you all know, I finally got around to watching Mean Girls over the weekend. Watched it for free on YouTube after years of gifting it and annoying Spencer in particular about my usage of gifts for a movie that I have never seen. Well, I have now seen it, and I will still continue to annoy him because now I know how to use those gifts even better. So that backfired on him, I'm sure. But hey, he enjoys it apparently. Mike, or not Mike, Ryan. I'm so sorry, Mike. That's quite the insult to compare you to Ryan, I think. Um, Ryan also uh, likes using the gifts. So yeah, I thought it was a very well done movie. Um, I, I can't say I could relate to parts of it because, you know, one of the big things is, or one of the, the bigger scenes or not one of the bigger scenes, but just in general, um, there's a few scenes shot at the mall. Um, I gotta say, uh, for people of my age, by the time I was in high school, malls kind of weren't really a thing anymore. <laughs> so, um, obviously, you know, some of that is going to be a little, a little bit out of touch for me, but I thought it was incredibly funny, very well done. Um, the way I'm wired, I tend to like the funny side characters more than main characters in a lot of stuff. Like, when I read Animal Farm, my favorite character in that book was the cat. And the cat is hardly mentioned, but that's beside the point. So that means that I was a big fan of characters played by Tim Adams and uh, Tina Fey. So the principal and the math teacher. I thought Miss Norbury and principal... Oh, God, what's his name? Regardless, whoever the... Whatever the, the, the the character's name of Tim Meadows is. I thought those those two were quite funny. They played their roles very well. They're just generally very good comedic actors. And it really translated this movie. Um, I like the whole overarching storyline of, you know, the, uh, the, the good student, the naive transfer student kind of being recruited to sabotage you know, the, the quote-unquote mean girls, um, and turning into one herself before the humiliation at the very end of the movie that kind of blows all it up and apparently fixes everything in the whole whole ecosystem of that particular grade. I don't know how um, likely that would be to happen in, in real life, but it really enjoyed the whole movie, I thought. Lindsay Lohan's character was well done because you can see like the self-realization of, of the transition into actual mean girl and then kind of realizing how to uh, revert that. I enjoyed uh, Janice and Damien's characters very well. Of the main characters, I think those might have been my, my favorite characters. They, for the most part, stayed true to themselves for the whole movie, even if at the very end they kind of acknowledged that they indirectly kind of caused all of uh, the issues to boil over. That was really done. And of course, uh, Regina, Gretchen, and... Oh God, I literally just watched the movie the other day. Um, 
I even have like a character in front of me and I'm completely blanking on who who the third one is. Karen, thank you, yeah. So Regina, Karen, and Gretchen, I think those characters all play themselves out pretty good as well. Um, of the three, I think Regina's probably my favorite just because there's a very clear, like, plan. Like, like, that character is someone who knows what she's doing and really thinks things through in order to get her way. And I, just, I appreciate the effort and thought that goes into um, achieving her goals and her status, whereas, you know, Karen is obviously, like, painfully dumb, and then Gretchen is incredibly insecure. And now Regina interacts with them and kind of twists them around her finger to get them to do her bidding in a way to kind of just control the whole school. Um, yeah, that was a very good movie. The overall storyline kind of serves in a way to not just be funny, but maybe kind of like teach how you can, or how you should rather, you know, it's generally be like a, a better person. I don't think that's the whole point of the movie, but obviously it's a comedy after all. But uh, one of the other things I want to hit on before I wrap this uh, this small segment is I really do appreciate the the mathletes storyline. Um, as I I I was decent in math at school, like I I topped out an AP calc at the very end of my senior year. I didn't actually pass the AP test, but I took it. Um, got a two out of five on it. Um, but what I did do in high school and in element or in middle school rather was Science Olympiad. So it's a similar idea to like the mathletes thing, but for, you know, science stuff. Uh, did it for the last six years of, you know, public school. Won at least one medal in all the regional competitions every single year. Our team never made it to states, unfortunately. Um, the last two years, I believe, we were like the, the first team out, which was unfortunate. But we had some big, like snobby private schools that were in our, our region and you know, for a small school from a rural town in Michigan, we hung tough. And I was pretty proud of what we were able to do. And, you know, obviously pretty happy that I was able to succeed in general at those events. So seeing that kind of storyline and kind of brought back some nostalgia and some good memories uh, for me from that. But yeah, anyways, the, the nerdy student that I was talking about being turned into an annoying little prick in fantasy sports to fill my void of being the annoying little prick in elementary school who would make fun of people for grades and stuff. So, yeah, finding new ways to be annoying in slightly more productive ways and less antagonistic, I can't say less antagonistic, but less, um... No, I, I kind of do try to make people feel bad about their teams in here, so... I don't know where I'm going with that because I just... It's the same outcome, just that... <laughs> In a different uh, a different platform. Um, anyways, I'm rambling too far, and you've all pretty much seen the movie anyway, so I'm probably not exactly doing my my best here. And I'm sure you'd all rather just uh, think about your own interpretations and thoughts on the movie anyway. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up and outro this episode. <laughs> All right, thank you for putting up with that little extra segment there at the end. Thank you all for listening. Um, reminders, all the baseball stuff that start, uh, extension deadline, end of the month, free agency starting mid middle of February. 
I think there's all that. I will make it a point to try to find, you know, a guest or two here within the next month. Um, kind of busy at work at the moment, ironically enough, because I'm usually pretty slow. But got some new tasks, so trying to find time to do pod-related prep and stuff is just hasn't been a thing the last week or two. So I'll get on that because I'm sure you guys are tired of just boring, shitty recaps of me talking with no other voice to kind of cleanse your palate. But I appreciate you putting up on me, and I will catch you all next time.